Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to become the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to water cooler chatter, conference room banner, and job site small talk. I'm going to give you the rundown on today's date, share some interesting historical facts, toss out just a few random musings to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on our walk with Jesus. Joining me this week, once again, I am so honored to be co-hosted with my sister, Carla Cockrum. Hello, hello, Daily Grind. Carla, thanks again for joining me in the middle of moving and all the other kind of stuff we've got going on. (laughs) Happy to be here, happy to be here. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to Brew Your Brain. It's Wednesday, July 26th. And on this day in 1775, the Second Continental Congress established an allowance for the United States Post Office Department. Whoa. And it was called the Post Office Department. Okay. <laughs> From 1792 to 1791, Benjamin Franklin was the first Postmaster General for the United States. I didn't know that. Is there anything that guy didn't really do? <laughs> he was a renaissance kind of guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> and on this day in 1942, the U.S. Army, through Executive Order 9981, desegregated all of its training camp facilities. Huh. What year? 1942. Okay. Cool. And in 1947... President Harry S. Truman signed the National Security Act, and he created the Central Intelligence Agency, the United States Department of Defense, the United States Air Force, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the United States National Security Council. Okay. Well, that's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a big act. (laughs) In 2005 was STS-114. It was the launch of Discovery. And it was NASA's first scheduled flight mission since the Columbia disaster two years earlier. Oh. That's three. Yeah. It's July 26th. And July 26th is Aunt and Uncle Day. Oh, happy day. It's Holistic Therapy Day. Okay. It's National All or Nothing Day. Okay. <laughs> you either observe that or you don't. So. Right. <laughs> it's National bagel fest day oh my national coffee milkshake day i am going to observe that day today all or nothing it's world voice day okay and i know this doesn't sound real but it's world tofu day world tofu day yeah Hmm. Hmm. back to all or nothing i'm going with with nothing on that one i'm going nothing on that one (laughs) And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. A velociraptor was actually about the size of a big chicken. Whoa. Okay. Like today's. Not not that Jurassic Park wasn't actual, but velociraptors. That that story would totally look different if they were chickens. Oh, it would. You're right. (laughs) The four classic elements, earth, water, air, and fire. Mm-hmm. match the four states of matter solid liquid 
gas, and plasma. Yes. After losing the first glove or sock of any pair, the chances of losing the remaining one basically drop to zero. (laughs) You're going to have that one forever. You cannot ever lose (laughs) the one that's left. I know because I still got them all. (laughs) Oh, You can be sitting down and sitting up at the same time. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, thank you. Thank you. English language. Makes me tired. (laughs) Do you know that once you start compromising your thoughts, you are a candidate for mediocrity? Okay. Yes. That's just just an aphorism. I remember one time when Carrie was little, she was having a pretend um, tea party with her teddy bears. Mm -hmm. And she asked one of them, Mr. Bear do you want anything to eat? And I was walking by, so I tried to say in my best bear voice, no thanks, I'm stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Hey, speaking of stuffed bears, (laughs) what do Constantine the Great, Alexander the Great, and Winnie the Pooh all have in common? Uh, ah, For the sake of time, you should probably tell me. (laughs) They have the same middle name. Duh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I was driving by a prison one night and I saw a little person climbing down from the window. And I thought to myself, that's a little condescending. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> does, does anyone else forget the abbreviation for Maine or is it just me? probably most of us because the abbreviation is M-E. M-E. I got you. Yeah. I, got you. I, got you. I was going M-A, M-A, M-N, M-E. okay okay <sighs> and now it's that time on the daily grind to enrich your faith I finally got some listener mail, and I'm going to answer it. I had somebody ask me, is there any connection with what the world was going through in the Minor Prophets and what is going on today? Or do I need to read the Minor Prophets another way? Well, I think absolutely. The world during the time of the Minor Prophets and our present time can have connections. Even though the Prophets' messages were meant for their specific historical context, Many of the underlying themes and principles they talked about are timeless and relevant today. So here's kind of an overview of just my approach to reading the Minor Prophets. Let me start by saying that minor means short, not unimportant. In ancient days, the books of the Bible were copied onto scrolls. The longer prophetic books required their own scrolls. But the 12 shorter prophetic books fit together on a single scroll. So the major or long prophets were all grouped together first. And then the last scroll, the minor short prophets, followed them. So the minor prophets are also called the book of 12. Here's just that kind of trivia stuff I think is interesting. 12 writers wrote the books in the minor prophets. That's the same number as there were tribes of Israel and apostles of Jesus. And there were four writers who wrote the five books in the major prophets. And there were four writers 
who wrote the four Gospels and the book of Acts. Hmm. But again, context, context, context. The messages delivered by the minor prophets weren't delivered in a vacuum. They fit into the history recorded in 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. They were given to specific people at a specific time in the history of the nation of Israel. And they clustered around three major time periods. The first time is leading up to and surrounding Israel's exile, about 722 BC. That's the first six books, except for perhaps Joel and Obadiah. The second time is leading up to Judah's exile, about 586 BC. That's books 7, 8, and 9. And then the time after Judah's restoration, about 538 BC, until the end of Ezra's and Nehemiah's reforms, about 430 BC. That'd be the last three books. To keep a balanced approach, it's crucial to understand the historical context of each prophet's message. Their message won't make sense without understanding the Old Testament covenants in general and the Mosaic covenant specifically. The message of each of these 12 prophets always came back to the various ways Israel had failed to keep the covenant that they'd agreed to keep. Really, a good way to begin any study of the minor prophets is to start by reading Deuteronomy 27-30. through Since this is where the covenant blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience are spelled out in plain terms. Knowing these books were written for us and not to us, do they have any relevance today? Definitely. The minor prophets tell us a lot about injustice and what God thinks about the rich and powerful taking advantage of the poor and weak. Pride, idolatry, social problems. Look, I don't know about you, but I think all of these are relevant to our times. The minor prophets are full of calls to love our neighbors, care for the poor, protect the outcast, love the orphans, speak out against injustice, and do what is right. These are lessons we desperately need currently. And the minor prophets offer us insight into how we should treat people who are different than us. For example, poorer than us, richer than us, healthier than us, sicker than us, different color than us, different language than us, different political party than us, and the paramount importance of justice. They're not just warnings and consequences. During all the sin that they address, they also declare God's love for justice and they counsel us to do the same. These books also teach us about joy, hope, God's sovereignty, and ultimately, they are about Jesus. I know, I know, Sunday school answer, but Jesus showed us what it looked like to be fully human and to be perfectly just and true, full of compassion and mercy, yet also full of indignation at evil. Jesus, the source of lasting joy, the fount and expression of joy, the one who found peace and happiness in the will of his Father. Jesus, the one who is totally sovereign, who is reigning and ruling for his glory, 
Jesus, the one who is bringing hope and restoration, the one whose death and resurrection secured life, the one whose return will mark the coming of his unending kingdom. So yes, please don't overlook the minor prophets because they're called minor. They deal with some major stuff. They're important. Spend some time in there, but read them in their context. I'm going to pray us out today, praying Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Thank you again for spending some time with me on the Daily Grind. I hope to see you tomorrow. Grace and peace. Thank you.